how many spiritual battles are you willing to lose against your enemy this coming week? How many are you willing to lose? How many? Um, well, probably be a lot of them this week, a lot of battles, maybe three, maybe seven. If I could number them and a hundred times the enemy just comes at me and I went 97 and three, it's been a good week. I want to, I want to challenge us today to be undefeated. To go into the week thinking, I'm not going to lose. By the grace of God, the power of the Spirit, the presence of Christ, I'm not going to lose. The goal is to stand. The goal is to stand. At least four times here, he says in these verses in Ephesians, stand. Stand against the schemes of the devil. Stand in the evil day. Stand firm. Stand therefore. To stand means to not give in. To stand means to not cave. To stand means to not fall or stumble. Stand. And so I want to give you a five-point description of the posture required to stand against the enemy. we got the armor, but we can have all the armor, we can have it in place, and our body language be all wrong, and we can lose. I want to read this text, Ephesians chapter 6, and I don't know when we'll be back to it again, so I just want to... Grab a hold of Ephesians 6, beginning in verse 10, and, and let's just, you can listen, you can read along. Maybe the power of the Spirit would just bring something fresh and alive to your heart that you haven't seen in all the many times we've read it over the last few weeks. But the Apostle Paul says, finally, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. You may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. 
and also for me. That words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Verse 21, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that, he may, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Peace be to the brothers and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. So a five-point description of a posture required. If you're taking notes, you put a title on this message, I would call it a winning posture. I'll file it away this week in a folder under the title, A Winning Posture. But hopefully we won't just file it away. We won't just put it away, take the notes and tuck it away. But we'll live it this coming week and the days ahead of our life. We've seen the armor, six pieces of armor. We've spoken of those as being five like defensive and one offensive. They all come together. We need a belt made of truth. We need a breastplate made of righteousness. We need shoes or boots made of the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. We need a shield of faith, a helmet of salvation, and we need the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. And then we come to verse 18, and I believe he begins to describe for us how we stand with this armor on. We put it on. We take it up. We apply it. We receive it. We wear it. How do we stand? How do we win? Number one, we need a posture of prayerfulness. We need a posture of prayerfulness. He says in verse 10, after going through all of this armor, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. Again, he says, Keep alert with all perseverance and then another reference to prayer, making supplication for all the saints and then a request for prayer and also for me that words may be given. When you look at these verses, realize he's just come through this amazing metaphor of the armor, but he, 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 he moves away from the metaphor and he just gives this instruction that if this, that it's almost like you could bracket the phrase, finally, be strong in the Lord, and then go all the way to verse 18, praying at all times. Be strong in the Lord, dot, 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 praying at all times. And in the middle of that, he's showing what we do to stand in the battle, this armor that we have, all the blessings that we have, the gifts that we have, uh, we, the, these tools that we have, these weapons of our warfare, but really what is the, the, the key, the source, the ability to have victory against the enemy is tied to prayerfulness. And he says, pray at all times. It's, it's, it's pretty awesome that just in the wisdom of the Spirit of God, inspiring the Word of God, that he can put it in such a short phrase, 
is if he just said, pray, we'd be like, like to start the day, um, three times a day, breakfast, lunch, and supper, to end the day. And he shows us that prayer is not something to be relegated to just a spot on the clock, that it is something to travel with us at all times. That there is this ongoing conversation, this, as other scriptures say, this prayer without ceasing. It's a running conversation of talking and listening and asking, of communicating with our Heavenly Father. It's going to Him for what He can do and learning of Him, finding out what He wants us to do. It's a posture of prayerfulness. I would guess that you've done a lot of talking this week. You used a lot of words. How many, how much have you talked to the Lord? Would, would you say it's been a prayerful week? It's been a prayerful week. It's been a prayerful life. My, my life, my conversation, my mind, my heart is, is in this ongoing conversation with the Lord. Just pray at all times. Don't wait till you learn how. Just, just read the word. Set your mind on Christ. And say some words. Listen. Communicate with him. He says pray at all times in the spirit. What does that mean? Earlier in Ephesians, he says be not drunk on wine, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. To be filled with the Holy Spirit means to be controlled with the Holy Spirit to be influenced by the Holy Spirit, to be led by the Holy Spirit. And when he says, pray in the Spirit, I take that in my life to mean that the Spirit of God knows what I need to be praying. He's living in me. He, he knows my life. He knows my future. He knows my past. He knows what's coming. He knows what's already happened. And with the presence and leadership of the Holy Spirit, I will know what I need to talk to the Father about. To pray in the Spirit means this position of surrender where the spirit influences us a lot of discipline in our life is built when it comes to prayer by having a time alone with God remember Tog y'all grow up with that time alone with God having a quiet time and and it builds discipline in our life to start the day to invite the Lord into our day to make sure that we are acknowledging he's Lord and we're not Maybe you have a prayer notebook and a very intense way of remembering how to pray and, and, and just schedule discipline prayer. Those are things that are important, good, healthy for all of our spiritual lives. I found in time that the older I get, with that discipline built in, that the majority of my praying is a continuous at all times prayer guided by the Holy Spirit. And what do I mean by that? I mean, like right now, the Spirit of the Lord is, even as I speak and talk, has a prayer conversation going on with me of people in this room. I mean, when I'm driving, when I'm walking, when I'm eating, it, it, whatever we're doing, that the, the Spirit of God is 
is like, where did that name come from? Why did I think of that person? Why did I think of that need? I'm telling you, the Spirit of God helps me pastor. I can't tell you the number of times we're just randomly out of nowhere. It's like, did you call him? And did you just reminded it? Did you did you pray? Remember, don't forget. Hey, they need your, and it's just this ongoing conversation guided by the Holy Spirit. You think Satan wants you praying for people? Those those thoughts and. And ideas and remembrances of something that was said, some need that there is. Satan's working to make you forget. The Spirit of God's working to cause you to remember, to intercede for someone. Oswald Chambers taught us that discernment is for intercession. When we think we understand something or something's been shown to us or we have some burden for something, the purpose is for us to intercede for that. To pray for that. He says make supplication. Making supplication. That that big long word just means praying for others and asking. Asking for yourself. Asking for others. Praying for your people that you're in relationship with. It's talking to the Father more about others than talking about others. Okay? Okay? Making supplication, interceding for others is a life that talks to God about others more than we talk about others. And we can use a lot of words talking about other people. We can use a lot of words explaining details and explaining situations. And I feel like the Spirit of God is so often just back here saying, have you prayed about it? Have you taken it to the Father? Had you, have the, the, the veil was rent. You can go into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of the Lord, and boldly and confidently lay your request before the Lord in a place where you receive help and mercy. Take it to the Father. It's a life, a posture of prayerfulness. And listen, we're going to move on to number two, but I want to say this. If we as a church fail to pray, we will fail to win. And, 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 and calls to prayer are not just for some elite group of Christians that will take care of the praying. Every believer, every believer who Jesus died for, the veil was rent for you. Entrance into the Holy of Holies has been made possible for you. The blood of Jesus Christ was shed for you. Your father who sent his son to die for you would like to hear from you. Prayerfulness, a posture of prayerfulness. Prayerlessness equals pridefulness. And the reason that is is because we're saying either by default or by intention, I got this. I can handle it on my own. And that's like throwing Red meat to the lion that seeks whom he may devour. Number two, a posture of alertness. A posture of alertness. He says in these verses, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to that end. Keep alert with all perseverance. 
some powerful words here that are translated alertness and perseverance to keep alert. It's the same word in Greek that was used to describe someone lying awake. It's used to describe someone eyes open. It was a word that was used to describe insomnia. Some of you are dealing with that right now, aren't you? Some of you, we've gotten to 55 and we realize we said, one day I'm going to sleep as much as I want to when the kids are gone. And all of a sudden we're awake and can't sleep. Maybe, maybe that's God saying, pray. Alertness was a word that was used to describe lying awake at night. I thought of college days and how there would be times where we would use this phrase, I pulled I pulled a what? Oh, my word. Gosh. No idea. I pulled an all-nighter. When? When the project was due. And, and, the, and, and so we would pull an all-nighter when the project was due. We'd stay up all night. And here's what we're told to do as believers. We have to pull an all-lifer. We have to pull an all-lifer because every day the project is due. Every day the enemy is out there. Every, he's saying, stay alert, lie awake. You don't put on the armor for a little while and then take it off. You, you put on the armor and you keep the armor on. Keep alert, lie awake, stay at your post with all perseverance. This word perseverance means remain at work. Remain at work. Dad would drop us off in early days of nursery business, drop us off at this field where we grew field-raised boxwoods, and we would chop the weeds in there, and then some days we would dig. And he'd say, I'll be back. And we'd leave a water jug and a brown paper sack and with food in it, and, and we just would dig all day. And dig and dig and dig and wrap them in burlap, take them to the end of the row. The end of the day, he'd show up with a truck. We'd load those boxwoods that had been dug and wrapped in burlap. And I remember it wasn't, I'll be back at 5 o'clock. It wasn't, I'll be back at 5.30. It was just, I'll be back. And you knew that quitting time was when he, what? When he returned, when he came back. And for you and I, quitting time is not when we retire. Quitting time is not when we graduate high school. Quitting time is not when we leave on Sunday. Quitting time for us is when the Father comes back. Quitting time for us is the return of Jesus. And he's saying for us in a spiritual battle, if we're going to win, we got to be alert with all perseverance. we got to stay in the field digging. <laughs> you got to stay in the field fighting with your armor on. It's the posture you've got to have to win. A posture of prayerfulness, a posture of alertness, and number three, a posture of humility. A posture of humility. Listen, we, we have to believe, you have to believe that the Apostle Paul is in the top five of the greatest Christians that's ever lived, right? I don't even know who the other four are, but, but it, it's, it, it, you just... 
for conversation, all right? It's just the Spirit used him to write so much of the New Testament. We, we, We take so much of our life and live according to what was taught through him. And he's powerful and he did miracles and he was chained and he's just kept leading people to Jesus and and he's just going, he's fighting the good fight and to live as Christ and to die as gain for him. And and then all of a sudden, in this great picture of the spiritual armor, there's this phrase in verse 19, and also for me, and also for me. Apostle Paul, to the church that he's trying to lead and instruct, says, I need your prayers. I'm in chains. I'm called to be an ambassador. And what I really need you to do right now is pray that I'll know what to say. And when I say it, I'll say it with boldness. You know what that is? It's humility. It's humility. It's him admitting weakness. It's him admitting that somebody else can help him. It's him admitting admitting that he can't do it on his own. And experience is not enough. And past victories are not enough. And education is not enough, which he had. And testimony of victories, which he had, not enough. What I need are some brothers and sisters in Christ praying for me. It is acknowledgement of weakness. And if you're going to posture yourself to win, you got to look at your life and and, and acknowledge weakness and invite some others into your life to pray for you according to what your needs are. Number four, we need a posture of prayerfulness and alertness and humility. And number four, partnership. We need a posture of partnership. He, he says in verse 21, so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing Tishicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. You know what Paul's describing here? He was describing a relationship. He was in a relationship with this church at Ephesus. He was in a relationship with this guy named Tishicus. Tishicus knew how Paul was doing, and Paul knew what Tishicus could do. Tishicus for Paul would be his ambassador. Tishicus for him would be his partner to go and encourage people that he cared about. And this great hero, the Apostle Paul, he was never alone. Never alone. And and some in this room this morning... The reason that you're going to lose is because you're, you're going at this life alone. You need some other guys in your life. You need a Tishicus in your life. Ladies, you need someone in your life to go with you. You, you need a small group. You need... A group of people that knows you and that you know in order to win against the enemy. There was partnership. Who's your partner? It may be your wife. It may be 
your husband. It may be a woman that God's raised up. It may be someone God's put on your heart that you could say to them, I need you to, I need you to walk with me. So a couple of years ago, I went to a couple of guys. I took them to lunch individually, and I said to them, I've asked this other guy, I want the two of you. I need your friendship. I need your friendship. I need you to witness my life. I felt like a seventh grader. Do you love me? Do you love me not? You know, Mark, yes or no? But I'm telling you, God just, Paul never went alone. Paul had Barnabas, and then Paul had Timothy, and then Paul had Silas, and then Paul had Luke, and here he had Tychicus. And who are we that we would think we could do it by ourselves? A posture of, of prayerfulness, alertness, humility, partnership. And then last, a posture of gratitude. Look at these last two verses. Peace be to the brothers in love with faith from God the Father and Lord Jesus. Grace be with all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with love incorruptible. I'm saying a posture of gratitude from those verses. Why? Because Paul began the letter. Listen to how he began the letter. Ephesians 1. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And then he ends the letter by saying, peace, love, faith, grace. He pulls out all the great words of our Christianity. And he began with them and he ends with them. And what he's showing us, even though he doesn't name it, what he's showing us is a heart of gratitude that is saying to God and to others, all that I have really is tied into the peace and the love and the faith and the grace that what? He says it right here, that comes from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We will lose we will lose in the battle against the enemy if he can create ingratitude in our heart. And if we get to a place where we start thinking we deserve more than what we have, if we get to a place of entitlement, we get to a place of somebody owes me, we get to a place to where we think we have been cheated or ripped, we will give in to the schemes of the enemy. And the way we posture ourselves to win against the enemy is to day by day by day walk with this spirit of thank you, Jesus. I have everything that I have because the goodness of God has been poured out in my life. Listen, this is how we posture ourselves to win against the enemy. One phrase that I want to leave you with from this study of Ephesians is this. We must bow consistently before the Father in order to stand continuously against the enemy. We must bow consistently before the Father 
in order to stand continuously against the enemy. That is the singular phrase God's put in my heart from these weeks of study from Ephesians 6. And this morning, we're going to practice our posture. I want to invite our team to come back to the stage, and I want to ask you to pray.